Hello, race fans. Welcome to a new edition of the USF Pro Insider. It is episode number 43. My name is Rob Howden. It is Thursday, March the 9th. And of course, just a couple of days off from the opening round of the 2023 championship season. We were in the St. Petersburg for the Grand Prix there uh, with USF 2000 and USF Pro 2000. Uh, some exciting racing for sure. We'll have a quick look before we dive into the interview today with my guest uh, who showed extremely well, Simon Sykes for Paps Racing. Uh, some awesome competition, of course. Great fields. Uh, Biggest uh, USF Pro 2000 grid we've had since 2014 at 20, which was good. Uh, 21 drivers in USF 2000. USF 2000 with a number of drivers who are coming back for other years. A lot of rookies, though, and those rookies stepping up in a big way. Uh, the level of competition in USF Pro 2000, I think probably the biggest I've seen since Anderson Promotions took over that program, which was at that point Star Mazda back in 2013. It is absolutely stacked. I can see 10 to 12 drivers potentially winning this year, maybe even more. You never know. It's uh, it's just a really, really strong field in the USF Pro 2000, which is, of course, the top level now of the USF Pro Championships, which leads drivers into the Indy Next Series. Uh, Lockie Hughes getting the win, uh, race one uh, for USF 2000. A good uh, drive there for the J. Howard Driver Development Pilots, uh, the Aussie uh, kind of grabbing that pole and then pulling away to the win. Big victory for the essentially hometown driver from nearby Gulfport, Florida, Nikita Johnson. He gets the victory on Sunday. Uh, not bad for a 14-year-old. I think the youngest driver we've ever had win in USF 2000. Uh, before that, maybe Sage Karam. Uh, right around uh, 15 and a bit. Uh, so pretty solid run for Nikita Johnson to get that victory. Youngest driver, as we said. And just to put a little bit more to Nikita Johnson, it was a hometown race, uh, a ton of media, uh, talking to TV, uh, reporters, you name it. For 14 years of age, he handled it all very impressively. And I expect to see uh, a lot from him. As <clears throat> I think between here and Sebring, he's going over to Europe to do some testing there too. So uh, some pretty, some, a pretty good advantage to get some more testing in driving some different cars over in Europe. Uh, as, of course, the uh, the the USF Pro 2000 sh uh, Championship race, uh, Christian Brooks coming out of the gate, a really awesome story for him as he was able to uh, get that victory coming a year on from that qualifying wreck that essentially put him on the sidelines for the entire 2022 season. Uh, OFTV, the sponsor on the side of his Turn 3 Motorsports machine, and he uh, qualified on pole and was able to turn that into a big race win. Wasn't able to back it up uh, starting sixth on Sunday. The race came after the NTT IndyCar Series main event. Uh, Miles Rowe from Paps Racing with Force Indy stepping up to get that done. So a pretty good uh, effort and a good launch for Miles Rowe. Podium on Saturday and a win on Sunday. He'll take the point lead, I believe, into Sebring. So uh, just a lot of great storylines. And the one that we're going to talk about today is Simon Sykes, driver from Augusta, Georgia, uh, 22 years of age. And has been a, such a fantastic story of almost uh, over the last number of years, just never has really had the opportunity to get a full season. And Simon, first of all, thank you for very much for joining me today. I know you're down uh, in Orlando with Car Chaser for the USPKS event this weekend. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on, Rob. Uh, here, here in Orlando, uh, just recapping the the St. Pete weekends. Uh, Xander was nice enough to loan me his setup, so <laughs> I actually have a nice nice place to do this now. Yeah, you know the wild thing is, I, I just obviously I've watched your race for the last number of years, kind of going back through. And it's always been uh, like a partial season for you. You've never had that full season, and it was never with a top team either. Either you were kind of the guy that they, that the other teams, like a legacy auto sport, brought in to like see what we can do with our equipment, show it, show everybody else what we can do uh, with our equipment. Like I look back, and like even last year, you only ran the first four weekends of the year, but still somehow finished uh, 14th in the championship points. The year before, how many? You did 10 of 18 the year before. 
Like you just have never had the opportunity to run a full season in USF 2000. Now you get to do it with Pabst Racing. All in all, pretty good uh, weekend. We'll talk about that. But man, just let's go back to those last couple of years. You just never had the opportunity to get a full season in. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been tough. At the same time, I feel like I've gained a lot of experience, uh, especially when you when you know you're not uh, not not the, the the guy that everyone's going to pick for the win of those races. So you have to work doubly as hard to to get the most out of, out of what you're doing. And I felt like in both from 2020 all the way to 2022, I was running with Legacy Autosport, and we had strong runs in the series. We uh, streaked together some podiums. Last year was all top tens. So it, it had been going well. Um, obviously not with the wins so far. Still looking for that first win. But uh, I was able to get a lot of experience, work with those guys, and uh, kind of get my name out there to, to try and get a shoe in with uh, with the Paps Racing Team, who, who I've started with at Chris Griffiths last year and then uh, on into the start of this year. Yeah, it's an opportunity you have most definitely earned. You go back and look at some of the stuff that you have done. Of course, starting with the uh, the Skip Barber Championship Series, we'll dive into your earlier part of your career uh, for a bit there. But uh, you know, you jumped into the FRP Series. You did some racing in the in their F2000 Championship. Uh, you raced in their F1600 Championship as well. You end up winning uh, that championship in 2020. That was actually a pretty big year for you because you know, anytime I talk about you on the PA when we're going through driver introductions, I can roll up the fact that you're a two-time SCCA National Championship Runoffs winner. But you also have two seconds as well. You, you've got literally have four podiums over the last couple of years uh, running in the SCCA runoffs. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess those are some of the opportunities you've had, right? You you, you want to run USF 2000. The budget is, is significantly higher than running uh, with a team like Rice Race Room, Race Prep, uh, Greg Rice at SCCA. But you've still been able to use those SCCA events to add, to pad to your resume and even turn the heads of a guy like Jeremy Shaw. Absolutely. And any, any seat time you can, uh, you can get is, is good seat time. So we, we'd been running, uh, the SCCA events, the FRP series, even before that, the Skip Barber series, uh, just trying to get that seat time in and get myself to a level where I felt like I can be at the USF 2000 championship level, which is obviously such a competitive field. So it takes a lot of work to get there. It takes a lot to, to make yourself the driver that can be able to, to run at the front of these events and definitely running, uh, the runoffs FRP and, 2020 it was a big year winning both the frp championship winning the scca runoffs and then also making my debut in the usf 2000 championship series it was it was a huge year for me and it was a great momentum builder to trying to get, go from the almost the club racing level into this professional scene and then of course like i said i mentioned jeremy shaw you're also uh, the team usa scholarship winner you didn't go over to europe right but you did get you did get a chance to obviously Part of yeah, it. so that that was I actually forgot forgot about that. That was 2020 as well. I'd been going for that for for years. I, I was a nominee in both 2016, 2017. It never came together, but finally in 2020, I was able to able to win the Team USA scholarship and really, really wanted to go over to England. But unfortunately, coincided at the same time I was going to make my USF 2000 debut. And at the end of 2020, we were rolling into that COVID era where we had to push St. Pete Grand Prix all the way to the end of the season. And knowing that was going to be the starter of the next season, I felt like it was a great way to get in there, get to that track before it really mattered uh, to get that experience on such a hard street circuit. Yeah, I think it was it was a fantastic call. Again, going to Europe would have been one thing, but uh, to be able to get that that timing at, at St. Petersburg, you're right, everything changed around at, at that point. So let's, let's go back quickly to your, to your Skip Barber days. Obviously, you come out of doing some karting. You end up uh, being part of the Skip Barber Karts to Cars Scholarship back a, a number of years ago. You end up running the, the their championship series as well. You were Rookie of the Year. Your early days getting into a car at Skip Barber, what, what were those like? Can you remember back to those days? 
Oh yeah, so that was it was a while back now. I think 2015 was the first time I uh, went to Skip Barber and did a three day school. And actually, funnily enough, I did that with Andre Castro. <laughs> that very first three day school, he and I did that together, fresh out of carts, and uh, here we are years later, still racing each other. But it was good good to get in there. Uh, did three day school, two day school, and then I did the carts to cars shootout. Uh, with some big names in there, uh, Stingray Rob, Andre, even Bailey Mickler, who uh, had made some USF 2000 starts yep. uh, a few years ago. So it was pretty competitive and unfortunately didn't win the Carts to Cars shootout, but had enough to go and run the full championship series the next season in 2016 and won the rookie of the year that year, finished third overall in the standings. And it was a great way to build experience. Uh, and then I continued with them and in 2017 ran the winter championship and uh, won, won their winter series uh, before management was rearranged. And uh, I had to uh, make that step towards FRP and the F1600s to kind of farther my development. So we've talked about how, how great your resume is. You look at all the all the stuff you've been able to do, the wins, the championships, the you know, the runoffs, and and then coming as I said into USF two thousand, kind of uh, with that you know, second tier team, a new team that was kind of developing. And you always, I would, I would always say that you you punched above your weight class, right? Because it's, a lot of times you didn't have a good teammate or even a teammate at all. Uh, there was a run back in twenty twenty one where you went on, I think, a run of more podiums than anybody in a row at that point. Uh, you know, with, with that. What were you learning from the, those those days? Obviously, was it again? You didn't have the car of the of the capes of the Paps guys up front. But what were you learning, taken away uh, from, from what you did the, your days with Legacy? I think I think a big part of it was learning how to understand the car, what we wanted from uh, from the car, especially in an engineering role. Uh, not that I was doing the engineering, but having to to work with Mike. I mean, uh, we didn't have, have the guys, the, the long-term career engineers that, yeah. that some of these other teams have. So we, we had to work together a lot to figure out what this car was going to do. And at the same time, making sure that when I got on track, we were getting the most out of it every session. And I was, it, it pushed me to a point where I had to, had to improve myself and try as hard as I could just uh, just to be up there and in contention for a podium. So I felt like we did a really good job there. And at the end of the day, I, I don't think they were a second rate team by most natures, only in the fact that we didn't have the funding to do it right. Yeah. So uh, I obviously love those guys, uh, Mike Meyer, the whole legacy autosport team, Fred Edwards for supporting me in those days. But uh, it, it was just the lack of funding to do that testing, <clears throat> to get that engineering, to pull the data from the car. Uh, that that kind of prevented us from competing at at a top level. So it was it was an interesting experience. I was able to learn learn lots about the car, a lot about the driving, about the series itself before I made the step into this top team that is the Pabst Racing Organization, who's so powerful and dominant uh, that it was a nice transition. It was kind of just a seamless jump in the car and go by that point. Well, I think the interesting thing was is all the work that you did with Legacy and how you guys were able to work together and, like I said, get yourself uh, running among the powerhouses, the juggernauts of USF 2000, I think is what, why you're rated so highly by so many people in the paddock because you've really shown what you can do in equipment that may be just not quite right there at the very top. Now, you mentioned not having the budget with Legacy, and that was one of the things, right? You weren't able to do a lot of testing. In fact, you weren't able to finish the entire season either. When it comes to budget, let's I'll tread lightly on this, but like as we know, it's 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 an expensive thing to do. You're looking, you know, almost four hundred thousand dollars, whatever it means to to, to run USF two thousand. How have you been able to put the the budget together to do what you've done? You know, is there is there limited family budget? Do you have some sponsors? Do you have some investors right now? Are you really are you one of these young drivers who's just doing whatever he can to to, to make it happen? 
Uh, right now, I'm doing whatever I can to make it happen. And uh, I, I've gotten deals here and there, but right now I'm doing it on a race race by race basis with Paps Racing. So I'm not fronting the whole the whole season budget up front. We're just yeah. piecing together as it goes. Um, and a few uh, small small loan for my family and uh, working hard. I uh, got, got a few partners for this St. Pete weekend. So I was able to put that all together. Um, and possibly have, have some stuff in the works to maybe put the year together, but it's nothing's guaranteed yet. So the, the bigger, the bigger sponsors and funding, I'm still, still trying to put that together, just piecing it, piecing together. And right now trying to make it to the next race at Sebring. Yeah. So here's the real storyline folks. This is one of the, the, the best young drivers we've seen come through this uh, program here over the last uh, decade and a bit, and, and just really hasn't had the opportunity to, to do it. You know, we, we've, we've talked all about the drivers uh, who come in and, and have done well and have won championships and have worked their way all the way through uh, maybe leveraging the scholarships. Obviously that's one of the things that Simon's not been able to do yet. He hasn't run that full season where he's been able to get a scholarship to move him into the next level, right? You think of an Oliver Askew or a Braden Eves that may have not had the budget to continue up and, and was able to use the scholarship. Spencer Piggott won as well. That's a family that didn't have the budget to take him as far as they did all the way to IndyCars. So really the scholarship is key, finding the money, finding partners to make this happen. And it's it's always tough for us uh, in the in the paddock. I'll say this right now. I, I always say I don't feel bad for race car drivers. You know, somebody else, somebody, something will happen to somebody. They go, oh, I feel so bad for that good driver. I'm like, no, they spend more money uh, in their career that I'm going to make and retire on. So I don't feel bad for race car drivers, but I do have – obviously frustrations for some drivers. I wish that some of them would get opportunities. So to watch you and, and, and to see this kind of opportunity you've got so highly rated, knowing that if you paired Simon Sykes with a really good car, like that black paps machine that you drove uh, at the spring training event. And of course at, uh, at St. Petersburg as well, I think that's such a great pairing. Uh, when this started to come together before we kind of get into what happened at, at, uh, at St. Petersburg, what were your thoughts when you actually got an opportunity and Augie Paps said, yeah, listen, we're going to, we're going to start this season. Well, obviously I had been, been begging them for years now. <laughs> Bob Perona, he was a big proponent of trying to get me into this team. I knew it was a really good place. It was just, how, how do we make it there? How do we get there? Yeah. And the, the first step to that was going and testing with them and doing the Chris Griffiths test, uh, which went really well. Uh, he won all the sessions we did on Sunday. So even though we were even on a limited budget for that, only doing one of the two days, we still showed well and showed that we had the potential to come into this year. And then I was looking at the budgets for this year and I just couldn't imagine it happening. So there was a point point in time there where I didn't think I was going to see a race car again. Okay. Uh, but Augie worked with me heavily to try and piece this together race by race uh, to make it a smaller chunk, smaller budget to come up with for each event um, than trying to put put money up for the whole season up yeah. front which was just going to be out of the picture for me so he he was really courteous and being able to work with me and try and get me in the car and i didn't even know until probably less than a month before before spring training and the first weekend that i was gonna gonna be in the car but by then uh when we got it together it was a, it was a really good feeling and it was like all right let's go do this uh we've had some success so spring training went well and it was just all about Let's let's putting some good results and then show that we have the potential for a champion. So let's talk about spring training. Obviously, you get in there and uh, dominant. Let's be real. You're you know three to four tenths of a second clear. I think of everybody else around you in spring training. That's of course Sebring, the long course. We'll run that uh, in a couple of weeks' time for what will be rounds number what three, four, and five. I think it's a triple header for you guys. I believe is it a triple header or double header? Is it? Uh, I think it's a double. I think it's, it's, a, double. it's, it's a triple double. for you. Triple for juniors. I think. Okay, triple uh, for I juniors. I know we actually are getting two qualifying sessions uh, this time. So we'll have one more session in the St. Pete. 
So that's coming up, obviously. So we roll into St. Petersburg. Here's the opportunity. You've been there before. You talked about the fact in 2020, you didn't do the Team USA scholarship. Instead, uh, did St. Pete. So you got a good feel for the racetrack. Uh, you roll out, you're fast. Uh, and then a little bump in qualifying. Um, and I, you know, I, I hate to rub salt in the wound to bring this back for you, but obviously coming through turn three, it caught out a bunch of people, right? It caught out a bunch of IndyCar drivers. It caught Hunter McElroy absolutely destroyed uh, uh, Indy Next car as well. But you end up getting in the wall on the outside, coming through that bump that's there. You get back on the inside. Uh, almost four corners, like a, 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 a big issue uh, for that car. And then you end up coming back. Uh, you end up qualifying 15th. Let's talk about the wreck first, the incident. Uh, that must have hurt mentally for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll go back and we'll start the start the weekend fresh rolling into practice. Um, first lap out, I figured that they had changed turn three. And so when they moved that wall inside a few bits, it exposed a bit of a bump. And what it, this is all my fault. Just want to put that out there first yeah. that all my mistake. But in practice, the first lap I came through there, I got sideways and actually wall taps uh, with the left rear. Didn't bend anything, but uh, scuffed up the wheel pretty good. So we had to change that for qualifying. Uh, but the rest of that session, I, I was a little bit scared of crashing the car there. So I was going wider than normal um, just to stay stay off the bump. And it was working for practice. Uh, and I unfortunately didn't have the foresight that we were running on a pretty green track and that when IndyCar got on for their qualifying session, which ours was immediately following that, that they would lay some marbles down uh, a little bit wider than, than that inside line. And by my mistake, I go out and qualifying and I'm clueless in turn three. I know, know what I'm doing everywhere else, but turn three, I could not figure out. I wasn't even taking it full throttle, but on that last uh, in-lap on my first set of tires, I, I was like, all right, let's put in a good lap. And I went to turn in, and I, I was way too wide. I was wider than I had been all day. Uh, and just my mistake. I, I got out on those marbles, turned in, immediately lost the car, and was trying to catch it all the way to the wall, got into the left wall, came back over, got into the right wall, and unfortunately, it was a lot of damage, a lot of damage for the car, a lot of, a lot of hard work for the team. Uh, they obviously put the car back together for you. And of course, you because you weren't able to get back out on track for the second run of your tires, you ended up qualifying in the 15th spot. You brought out a red flag too. So whatever you had for your fast lap, you lost that one anyways. So let's let's just start it because let's let's, let's start the Simon Sykes 2023 story. You start 15th and you were a guy I was talking about throughout the entire race. You ended up working your way into the top five, ended up P4 overall. Were you happy with that performance considering what had happened in qualifying? Considering what had happened, yes, obviously we were looking for a little bit more rolling into the weekend, but after I got out of the qualifying session, I didn't think I'd be back in the car the rest of the weekend. Um, wow. So it was, it was a big shock to me that, that we were able to get it back together, uh, put it out on, on Saturday. And at that point I knew it was, it was all or nothing. Um, either I go for it or I don't race again after this. Um, if, if I'm tanked in the points, it's not gonna, not gonna help the start the season. Yeah. So I drove as aggressively as I could, and luckily we had a really, really fast car um, and some good timing. I was able to make up a bunch of sp spots on the start, and then we moved into the racing after that first full course safety, and once we got there, it, I felt good. I felt like I, I had the pace, and luckily I was able to make a bunch of passes and, and drive it up to fourth, and it was able to get most of the session. Uh, I think I got the most out of it I could. Uh, at that point, the leaders were, were checked out, and yeah. my team came over the radio and said, all right, these these last two laps, these are your qualifying laps. We'll set the grid for tomorrow. So push hard here. And so I, I did did some pretty good laps, and I, <laughs> I didn't realize how close it was, but when I went back and looked at timing, and we had 
the top three uh, in lap times from that session to set the grid for Sunday were all within about five, six hundredths of a second. I knew it was, it was crazy. A, <laughs> yeah. It was a close field. Uh, so but you, luckily, you, we were able to come to pole, away with the pole. Right? Yeah. yeah the so, pole. so pole award for that. Uh, and then we start Sunday. And it, that, that, it, it was great. Love the car was perfect, but that, that unfortunately came down to me. Uh, Nikita drove a really good race. He got me on that on that first flying lap into turn one where I was just a little bit deep. Uh, he was able to it's cross back tough. over. It's also tough on the outside. The outside's a better line coming into turn one. You have to get a really Absolutely. good jump, right? Yeah. So he had a good run on me, so I went to defend, and I just slid across that paint on the end of the runway, went a little bit wide. He crossed me crossed me back over, and then I found it a lot easier to pass on, on Saturday. Uh, then when we got to Sunday, and Nikita was about the same speed as I was, uh, we had a little bit of pace on him, but it was really hard to make that move. And every time I closed up, he would get a really good run out of a corner and it just wasn't quite enough. Uh, but we get to about three or four laps to go. We had a, almost a weird local caution where we kind of checked the field up and then uh, launched it. And he got about a two second gap to me. Uh, and so I was like, oh, oh, my gosh, what happened here? Like, I'm lost. But. I knew I knew that the car was as fast as it had been all weekend, and I was able to run him back down in about two laps. Unfortunately, when I went for that that move, uh, I had a little bit better of a run out coming out of that last hairpin and turn fourteen of St. Pete coming onto the runway, and then I did the exact same thing as I did in turn one on the first flying lap, where I went inside, went to make the pass, and just slid a little bit too far. He was able to cross back over. And at, at that point, I had to settle for second place. But again, with another fastest lap, which which certainly helps for the points at the end of the weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a bonus point for those fastest laps. No doubt about that. And in, in the end, you, you're only back by seven points heading to Sebring, a place you were very good at spring training. So overall, you're pretty happy with the way things went. Obviously, you know, the, the wreck is big. It's cost a lot of money. It set you back a little bit. But, you know, you came out with a couple of good finishes. Two top fives are on the podium. Uh, in race number two, you're only seven points back. All in all, I, I got to think that's a, a decent a decent start. Maybe not the one that brings people coming with their checkbooks, but um, you, you were able to show who you are, show a little bit of your character, I think. Absolutely. I mean, it, it was a great weekend. I can't take anything away from that. Paps Racing was perfect uh, all weekend. And to come out third, seven points back, mm. it's, it's the closest I've ever been in a championship fight, even though we're only one weekend into the season. So it's something I'm really excited to attack and know we have the potential. But uh coming off that crash it, it was hard to recover and it, it was a it was a tall order to to get everything done for for saint pete so to come back from that and come out of the first week in third and points i'm i'm definitely happy and i know that that paps racing ha- absolutely has the car to go win it so your track side this weekend man in the camera for cart chaser at the uspks opener down there in orlando but the, the work doesn't stop i guess you know, you're trying to get to sebring at the end of the month uh you, you, are you digging you're on the phone you're talking to people what's uh, what's it look like what are we thinking about for potentially getting you to sebring absolutely i mean uh working this weekend uh and i'm supposed to be working next weekend but i might have to cut that short a bit to come home and and get on this again <laughs> uh it, it's tough but at the same time i i think i think we'll we'll be able to put some something together at least uh try and get there it's it's pretty close we're only two or three weeks away now so it's there's not a big uh timetable to work with in between these races uh so working this weekend uh love being here so it'll be be nice to be at a track this weekend but i'll come back home and we'll we'll hit it hard to put stuff together for sebring 
it just seems, you know, when, once you get things rolling, uh, you know, get to see potentially get out of there with, with, with some good results. And then you look forward to Indianapolis. You've, you've had great, you know, you've been fast there. You look at a track like mid Ohio where you, where you are really good at as well. You know what I mean? There, there are tracks. Uh, I think everything plays to your, to your favor. If you get a chance to get things rolling and really, again, this is just a story about, again, another amazing young American talent just doesn't have the budget to be able to go. The scholarship could get it done. Uh, if, that, if that, if you're able to win a championship, but, what what do you find right now is is, is the toughest thing? Do you, do you have targets? Do you have people you're talking to? Is there bu- a buzz right now when you're talking to people based on you know being able to run for Paps and then coming away with a pretty good run? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, when when you're with an organization like this, it's it's obviously a heavy hitter, uh, and and it helps in in these negotiations. We're we're pushing forward, um, not all the way there, but trying to trying to lock down uh, something big that can carry me carry me through the season uh i'll keep you updated we'll see how it goes i won't know till after sebring uh whether whether i'll be racing the rest of the season or not but what yeah. what i can say are those tracks coming up are definitely some of my favorites uh st pete's obviously hard you know there's always always the risk of crashing so you don't know how much you can actually push how hard you want to how hard you want to drive the car how much risk you want to take but definitely with some of these more open road courses you can you can push 100 percent, and i know know we'll be strong there at the same I- time I can't take away anything from the competition this year. Both Nikita True. Johnson, Lockie Hughes, uh, these are guys that have, have made debuts last year at some of these tracks, uh, keeping the rookie status, but getting into the series and, and learning these tracks. They've they've shown they're incredibly quick, and they they were this past weekend. So it'll, it'll be a fight no matter what. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good championship battle all the way through to Portland at the end of the season where the, uh, the scholarship, of course, waits in the wings for a driver who wins a championship. Simon, I really appreciate it. Obviously, uh, we wish you the very best. We kind of watch what you've done as a as a, as an underdog, if you will, for the last couple of years. Uh, I still remember being on the podium at Mid-Ohio. I think you had, had had that run of four or five podiums in a row, and it kind of popped into my head that you had done that. I, I mentioned it there. Uh, I think that was one of the defining moments that we, we were able to see what you could do. Uh, and and if the opportunity would be to be with one of the top teams at that point, Cape Motorsports or Paps Racing, I think that everybody knew you'd have the opportunity to make it work. I do appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, again, Sebring, and then a little time off before we head, or rather, yeah, Sebring, then some time off before we head to Indianapolis. You got lots of work to do. You got lots of time to get it done. Get through Sebring, and then you got a month and a half before we have to go to Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. Once we get through this next one, it'll, it'll uh, stuff will either fall in place or we'll have to look for other work. But uh, I'm just uh, incredibly privileged to be here. Just to, you know, to be able to wake up and drive race cars is something that not a lot of people can say they do. So uh, no matter what happens, it's always a privilege. Uh, the time I have while I'm at the racetrack, and I'm just trying to enjoy it day by day. And it's it's such an easy task when you're when you're working with a great group like Paps Racing. No doubt about that. Anybody you want to thank right now? Does anybody want to give some props to? Uh, absolutely uh i had my my mom's cousin uh she she has a local company in st pete coasty's uh international real estate that came out to support me this this past weekend in st pete it was it was great to have them there so that that was a huge support in making that weekend happen and obviously the paps racing group as a whole they've done massive amounts amounts of work to both get me ready and help help me make this happen so no shortage of thanks and appreciation to them so there he is, folks, Simon Sykes, a young driver of Augusta, Georgia, 22 years of age. We talked about the fact throughout this uh, podcast of what he's been able to accomplish winning SCCA runoff championships, uh, the FRPF 1600 championship. The titles are all there. Uh, was kind of an underdog for a number of years running for that new team legacy autosport that kind of rolled in and, and had some great results for them. Wasn't able to get the win, but a lot of podium finishes 
really kind of punching above his weight class, as I said. And for a young driver with an opportunity then to get into to, to run with a, a powerhouse team, a legendary team like Paps Racing, this is an opportunity for Simon Sykes to show everybody in the American community, racing community, what he has and the talent that he has uh, that uh, he can deliver to a race team. Uh, a lot of work. And this is a thing, folks. This, this sport is tough. It's expensive. It costs a lot of money. There are families, of course, that are financially well off that are able to do this. Some have to get investors and partners. That's kind of where Simon Sykes is right now. He needs somebody to step up to help him get to where he needs to be. And indeed, uh, potentially talking to a driver who could be an American star in the NTT IndyCar Series if he has the right people behind him. The skill is there. The talent's there. And obviously, as you heard from that podcast, able to do it uh, uh, away from the race car as well. Simon, again, thank you so much for joining me, man. Enjoy the weekend down in Orlando. We'll see you at Sebring. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the kind words. It's always a pleasure to do this with you. Simon Sykes, folks, a very impressive young driver. And that is episode number 43 of the USF Pro Insider. My name is Rob Howden. Simon Sykes, a young driver for Paps Racing, looking to see if he can't grab his first race win in USF 2000 when we head to Sebring at the end of the month. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. I do appreciate it. My name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.